Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast dedicated to chronicling the years 1990 through 1999, probably, or something like that. I don't know. You guys probably know. My name's Chris Alfick. I'm one of your hosts. I'm your other host. My name is Connor Thompson. We are your hosts. Both of us. Collectively. Together. And we do a podcast. We host a podcast. You probably know that if you're listening to us, unless you're like along in the car with someone. In <laughs> which case, they should have asked your like opinion on this, because this is probably off to a really rough start this for This is a pretty weak intro. Oh, uh, yeah. This week, we are doing October 1st through 7th, 1997, and this is episode 40. Yeah. Which 20 is... 20 years ago. Or, we're doing 20 years. Yeah. Holy Welcome shit. Back. This is exactly 20 years ago. I know. All yeah, right. shit, October 1st. It, it is October 1st, yeah. 2017, when we right. record this. Exactly 20 years ago to this day. Jenny, 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 a life laid bare on the computer screen. Jenny is the first word of this story, and the last, because this is all about Jenny, her elbows, her bed, her friends, her poetry, her likes, her looks, and her life. Jenny, whose full first name is Jennifer Ringley, is 21 and lives and works in an 800-square-foot apartment in northwest Washington. She lets the whole world watch pretty much her every move. She's devised a website called JennyCam, which was JennyCam.org. I oh. wasn't willing to visit this site at the time. The but memories. Keep reading. I'm going to see what happens. The memories all flood back. JennyCam is so straightforward. It's warped. It's so simple but complex. It's so humbling. It's audacious. So plain. It's creative and so worldly. It's innocent. It's a lot of things apparently. It's also not available in the year 2017. Ah, it's a shame. Jenny has positioned a small Connectix quick cam camera atop the Mac in her bedroom. Every minute, the shutter snaps. Jenny will let you watch. If you send her $15 a year, you can see a new picture every three minutes. If you want to check in for free, new pictures are posted on her website every half hour. Jenny has watchers. About 5,500 folks send her the annual fee. She says her site receives more than 100 million hits per week. Sometimes there's so much traffic, the site is hard to reach. That's, uh, she's an early pioneer in, like, life casting or something. Jenny is the OG cam girl. Yeah, she really is. And it seems like she was raking in quite a bit of money back in 97. Also, I like, uh, I like how it's only taking one picture once a minute. That's basically probably the extent of the technology back then oh it's so good it's literally nothing can you imagine watching that intently like oh shit yeah. new picture new minute or it's every three minutes like i don't know what happened like she, that's too much yeah and it's that's do you think we can find like an original jenny cam stream i don't know is does this even qualify as a stream it's like I, a trickle it is a trickle yeah let's move on to october 2nd Canada recalls its ambassador to Israel after Mossad. Is that, is that my pronouncement right? Mossad. Mossad. Mossad, yeah. Anyway, after Mossad uses forged Canadian passports. You know, that's a, that's a good reason to recall an ambassador. Oh. Also today, eerie scene with Tyson at museum. You may recall that after boxer Mike Tyson nod on the ear of rival Evander Holyfield, the Hollywood Wax Museum moved its Tyson figure into a cell with Hannibal Lecter, uh, the cannibalistic character in the movie Silence of the Lambs. Well, the other day, a limo pulled up to the museum and outstepped Tyson, his wife, two children, and a bodyguard. Does Mike Tyson need a bodyguard? I don't think so. I think other need other people need bodyguards from fear of Mike Tyson. Yeah, at least at the go. time. That makes sense. They went inside, viewed the scene for a few moments, 
and then left. The next day, Tyson returned by himself to study the display some more. This is great. Like, can you imagine him just sitting there, like, pensive, just thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Quote, he just bought his mission and went in like anybody else, said publicist Dale Olson. He didn't say anything, and no one talked to him. I don't think I'd want to be the one who said, Hey, Mike, what do you think of this? Oh, God. Quick note on the article. It was written by Steve Harvey, but I assume not that Steve Harvey. Probably not. All right, let's move on to October 3rd. This is a good one. I like it. Student gets Florida vacation for a song. Hold the relish. The Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, a hot dog-shaped promotional vehicle, pulled up to James H. Cox Elementary School on Thursday to announce that student Jason Takahashi, then aged eight, had won a nationwide contest for singing the product's jingle uh, for a video crew in a supermarket. The third grader's rendition of I Wish I Was an Oscar Mayer Wiener Put him in the company of 20 nationwide winners among 50,000 contestants. I am very excited, he said while lunching in the Roving Frank. I never thought this would happen. The 20 winners will compete for the national title and a chance at a role in a TV commercial. Neat. I actually love the Oscar Mayer Wiener truck. Have oh, you yeah. ever seen it in person? No, I've I have never. I have a number of times. What? Yeah, I've seen it a few times. That's like, I haven't even seen like a Google Street View car. Really? No, I've seen a bunch of those. I haven't seen any of these things. That's crazy. I'm missing out. Well, I guess you haven't been driving for a super long time, though. I don't need to drive. You you would think I'd see more walking just by being in one place longer or... Uh, Apparently I don't know. I just... I I don't wish I were an Oscar Mayer wiener. I wish I could just, you know, see it. Let's, want a glimpse. let's pause here to briefly mention that our friend Rob Worcester was caught by the, <laughs> the Google by the Google Street View car texting and driving. No, he he was off to the side of the road. He what? was he might have still been in park though or in drive. Uh, okay, I don't know. Regardless, uh, yeah, hilarious. All oh, right, yeah. let's move on. Okay, we're gonna go to October fourth, which traditionally comes after October third. Today, the Loomis Fargo bank robbery took place. This was the second largest cash robbery in U.S. history, with $17.3 million, mostly in small bills. And it occurred in Charlotte, North Carolina, outside the office of a Wells Fargo, obviously. An FBI investigation eventually results in 24 convictions and the recovery of approximately 95% of the stolen cash. More importantly, The Adventures of Sam and Max Freelance Police premiered today. Ooh. Sam and Max. They were looking in a diggin'. Just to get some facts. They really were. October 5th. Cassini Mission draws protest. Led by grandmothers and a bagpiper, anti-nuclear activists chanting, Stop Cassini, don't be a weenie, march to the entrance of Cape Canaveral Air Station where a plutonium-powered spacecraft is set to lift off next week. An estimated 500 protesters walked to the chained front gate. 27 protesters were charged with trespassing. (laughs) The $3.4 billion Cassini probe to Saturn is scheduled to lift off on October 13th and will be powered by 72 pounds of highly radioactive plutonium, the most rocketed into space at that point. Yeah, it would go on to last almost 20 years. Almost exactly 20 years. Rest in peace, Cassini. Oh, Cassini. I like, uh, I just, I don't know, it's quaint that they were protesting this. Let's keep, let's keep on this theme, this spacey theme. All right. Do you remember a little show called Earth Final Conflict? Yes. Have you ever watched it? No, but I remember Same. it. That is Okay. That is almost precisely what I have in my mind. Well, today on October 6th, that show premiered. 
It was lose. It was based on uh, ideas developed by Gene Roddenberry. This series was produced under the guidance of his widow, Magil Barrett Roddenberry. She was the voice of the computer in Star Trek. Oh, okay. So yeah, as oh, I as I wrote that. in here, I remember this show, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Also today, ooh, <laughs> this I think is probably one of the best articles. I feel like we have ever come across. I'm very in excited. Hindsight. Canada's quick change artist Nortel goes from big loser to big winner in four years. How did they do it? Visually suited to one of Southern Ontario's less picturesque neighborhoods, just down Dixie Road from the Tequila Monster Cafe and hard by a cemetery is the unsurprised or uninspiring facade of Northern Telecom Limited's headquarters. Little's changed since the building went up in 1960. Also, I'm pretty sure they're talking about either like Mississauga or Brampton, which is where I'm from. So That's correct. Yeah. I think Mississauga. I yeah. think. I think so. The drab exterior, the vital interior is an apt visual metaphor for Northern Telecom, which in the last few years has remade itself from a dowdy money-bleeding maker of sometimes bulky equipment for basic telephone systems into one of the world's largest fastest growing producers of sophisticated internet worthy gear for telephone wireless and data communication networks incroyable the company has gone from losing 878 million in 1993 to earning 623 million uh, on revenue of 12.8 billion last year with profits forecast by wall street at about 815 million for this year sacre bleu so, Nortel's 2009 bankruptcy case, the largest in Canadian history, just a little background, left pensioners, shareholders, and former employees with enormous losses while Nortel executives continued to draw, quote, retention bonuses, totaling $190 million U.S. during the $8 million post-bankruptcy period. Ah, zoot. That's basically to date. Yep. The criticism and controversy section of Nortel's <laughs> oh. Wikipedia page, yeah. It's by far one of the largest sections I've seen in a criticism and controversy thing ever. Oh, yeah. And definitely the biggest section of Nortel's Wikipedia page. Uh, with little subsections, such as hackers had free access for years without being detected, bookkeeping irregularities, treatment of Nortel pensioners, billions to lawyers and accountants, Nortel ex-CEO files his creditors seeking... One billion from the proceeds of bankruptcy. Wow. And more. I think my favorite line that I got from skimming this Wikipedia article, though, is, quote, CEO John Roth retired in 2001. His planned successor and chief operating officer, Clarence Chandron, already on sick leave due to complications following his 1997 stabbing in Singapore, decided to quit. That's great. Gotta love those corporate uh, corporate business stabbings. Well, I mean, sometimes you get stabbed, sometimes you don't. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a dog-stabbed dog, dog world out there. October Stabmouth. Clinton to get hearing aids for both ears. This story is out of Washington, as you can imagine. Yes. In a sign of his advancing age, as well as too many hours of band practice in his youth, President Clinton was fitted Friday with hearing aids for both ears, his physicians announced. The news that Clinton's high-frequency hearing deficiency, a longtime medical problem for him, had worsened to the point that he needs hearing aids was seen by some as emblematic of the maturing of the first baby boomer president and of his generation. Boomers are not youthful anymore, and boomers have to accept that, said William Strauss, an author who specializes in generational trends and booming issues. 
Boomers are the midlife generation right now. Boom. 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 There is actually not a sexual innuendo in this article somehow. I don't like it. Yeah, I know. It seems too too cold. Doesn't feel for right. an article about Bill Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's our that's our week of news this week, and we are gonna just hop in right into movies and music, which is a little a little drab, a little like this article on Bill Clinton. Not enough sexual innuendo. The movies suck. I mean, there's some good stuff on there. But it's been on there for a long time. Like Yeah, like Men in Black is at number fourteen, but that's after fourteen weeks. So this is, you know, an ailing summer blockbuster still hanging on. A great movie nonetheless, but we've seen it by this point. Air Force One is clinging on 11 weeks. Like, we've got Lost World Jurassic Park, 20 weeks. Liar Liars at 29 weeks. Like, the only movies I really like on this list have been around forever. Yeah, other than that, the kind of stuff that's open this week or have been on for a couple of weeks, just... Eh. And I almost want to just leave it with that. I think we should. Yeah. In conclusion, eh. Eh. On to, on to music. It's another it's another week. Eh. <laughs> I mean, we've got some... You know what? Let's talk about albums. All right, let's do it. I like the number one album. Ooh, Aqua with Aquarium. This is actually for a pop music album. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on for a little bit. Go for it. For a pop music album, generally, you get two, three, maybe four good songs. Aqua's Aquarium, if you're into that kind of... It's a big old if. Yeah, it's a it's a big if, but if you're into it, it's a solid album. That there is are, factually correct. Out of let's just let's just ballpark ten songs, I would say seven or eight of them are pretty good. It is the opposite pop album for a pretty poppy pop album. Yeah. Like fuck, Dr. Jones. You got you gotta have a little bit of love for Dr. Jones. You do. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we can at least agree on that. That being said, Barbie Girl, fuck that song. Well, I think I've told the podcast about this before, but I will again because we're waxing nostalgic, and that's the point of the show. When I was in undergrad, there was a local London cab driver who went by the handle Addy the Cabbie, and he'd give you his business cards. And every time Addy picks you up, he, all he's playing in his car is Aqua, and his fist is a microphone, and you're hammered because you only call Addy at 2 a.m. when you're hammered. And he drives you home, and you sing Barbie Girl, and the ride costs $10, and you give him 20 because you love Addy. That is smart. When he was turn, great. When you turn your job like that into performance art, that's when, I don't know, that, that makes me feel good. Oh, I totally agree. I love taking Addy the cabbie. He yeah. was the best. Yeah. There are 99 other albums on this uh, list of albums. I don't really want to talk about any of them. Yeah, I'm into that. Uh, I'm just going to diverge a little bit from, from the podcast. Sure. Did you know that Mr. Brightside is still on the UK top 100 charts? No. Yeah. How? I don't know. But it's at like 94 or something after like 13 years or something. That's got to be like some kind of record. I, I guess so. Apparently not consecutively. Like, it's dropped off a couple oh. times. It somehow it comes back, which is even more astounding. Maybe it appears more frequently in, like, British movies on soundtracks or something? I don't know. But, like... Huh. That's uh, strange. Yeah, it is really it is really weird. Like, I could see... I don't know. Some of the music used in the Love Actually soundtrack popping back onto the charts every December. But... 
Mr. Bright. I mean, I love Mr. Brightside. It's, it's a very good song. It's a very good song. Fuck, it's very it was good song. great seeing the Killers live. That was super cool. Yeah. Although, do you remember the dust cloud that just big old dust erupted cloud erupted from the people jumping up in the air after like at least three, four days with no rain? Pretty gross. Yeah, it was hard to breathe. We were downwind. Pretty, pretty hard to breathe. Uh, that was your not quite in the '90s moment, but hey, Brandon Flowers was alive in the '90s. That's a thing. Yeah. That's that, probably the worst tie-in I've ever made. Great tie-in. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our 90s spotlight. And this one, this one's a little bit different, but it, it comes from a good place. It does. Like a lot so, of things in the 90s. When we were kids, obviously as a kid, unless you're like your parents are loaded and they give you free reign with the credit card, you have limited funds. And I think this is regardless of your socioeconomic class, again, unless you're in the tippy top of the 1%, I think this is true. As a kid, you just can't get everything you want. And that's part of growing up. And that's a good thing because you become a better person when you realize how much work and how much effort you have to put into getting all of those wonderful things. I never believed it back then, but you're right. It's unfortunate, but true. Yeah. So when we were kids, like, I loved playing Pokemon. Like, the cards, oh my god, I loved it. I couldn't go out and buy, I think I got one box for Christmas one year. My parents still have that box. It's actually at their house. I'll take a picture of it. Yeah. It was the Thunder deck. But, you know, I would buy a pack here and a pack there, and eventually you could cobble together a deck through trades and battle your friends. I always fantasized about walking into our local sports card store, which in this case is M&L, which is literally around the corner from us right now. Oh yeah, we could walk there in like two and a half minutes. We totally could. Like, my biggest childhood fantasy was to be able to walk in, slam a $100 bill down on the day on the table, and get a booster box of Pokemon cards. That, that was the been... fucking dream. Oh, yeah. That, it, like, just being able to open open a pack, look at the cards, smell them, yep. look at your holographic, Ugh. pop it down, open the next pack. And that's it, right? It's it's making me feel like, like I'm feeling something. We're right waxing now. poetic. And so like we played Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! I remember with my buddy Cory, I played Magic with him a few times. That wasn't really something I got into until you know around 2010. Um, but a month or, well, no, maybe three months ago now, I decided it was high time to live my childhood dream. And I went out and I threw $120 down and I got a booster box of Magic cards. And I opened them all up and it was the best. Oh, that must have felt so good. Oh, it did. Cracking those packs. How did you open the packs? Did you like uh, carefully open it up from the top or did you just did you just go for no, it? No, I just went for it uh. like a kid on Christmas morning. So this week's spotlight, we're going to talk about the things that we're able to do now as adults that we wanted to do as kids in the 90s and whether or not that holds up. So in this case, that was a thing that most people grew out of those cards and like playing and trading and those kinds of games. I obviously did not and I'm sure plenty of you didn't either. And there are definitely certain things we grew out of and certain things we didn't. Yeah. So that for me was a fantastic experience. Mm -hmm. And it's great to be able to just I don't know fulfill some of those things. I don't know how much I've posted on the Instagram but there's been a few Power Ranger items that they've brought back at Toys R Us recently. Oh, yeah. And a few of them I couldn't resist. In grade two, I remember I had a Dragon Dagger. So And jealous. I sold it for five bucks. It's devastating. It's one of the dumbest things that I, I can think of that I've done. But five bucks just seemed like so much money then. Five bucks, five and bucks. You know, by that by this point, the Green Ranger, he, he wasn't a thing anymore. The White Ranger was around, so I don't need some stupid dragon dagger. Needless to say, that is a decision I do not... We all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. 
Anyway, when Toys R Us released this new Dragon Dagger, I had to do it. They also had a Power Morpher. I bought that. There's a Did lot you? Of ta- oh, yeah. I've got nice. the... It's uh, it's actually the Green Ranger Power Morpher. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Talking like I haven't seen it. And I've seen it. Yeah, these are... Did you get the are, coins? Um, I've been thinking about I know, it. I saw the that set at, of five, right? The, yeah, the set of five. It's like mm. 40 bucks. I know. I it's might. ridiculous. Like, And that's that's the kind of thing. Like, back then having that $40 would just be obscene. Maybe maybe Christmas, maybe birthday. You've, you've cobbled together 40, 60 bucks on birthday money. Oh, for sure. But that's lasting. That's got to last you a long time. So obviously at the time, you can't spend that on something as frivolous as that. But now, 40 bucks. That's a few hours of work. 40 bucks isn't can, killing me. It's, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not nothing, but it's doable. It's something that, you know... You have a you you have a good date night. That's easily 40 50 bucks. Oh my god. I wish. You're having you're having great date nights, I guess. Well, I well, guess it depends uh, on what you do. Like if you do you're dinner an engaged in a, man now. If yeah, if you do dinner in a movie and you can get away with that for $40? Yeah. Like you ate table scraps for dinner probably. I meant mostly Okay, I meant I'm mostly dinner. I I know what you mean. Yeah, the movie, yeah, yeah that's uh that's a I mean, I can do that all in scene points. Fair enough. Yeah. Like but you're right. Like this isn't. It's not a significant amount of money, but it's not insignificant. Yeah, it's, it's uh, it exists. It's the but... purgatory of money. Mm-hmm. And there's so much stuff. Like I remember. Now we're dipping a little bit out of the '90s again. But when Pokemon Gold and Silver came out, I believe in the year 2000, I spent months just cobbling together the 45 bucks to be able to buy this game on release. I remember I went into Kmart back when we had Kmarts in Canada. Oh, yeah. So I could pre-order that game. That was probably the first game I ever pre-ordered. Okay. And it took a long time to be able to save up for that game. But when release day came around, I had the money, I bought it, and that felt good in its own right. But... It's also, you know what? It's really nice to be able to just go out. If a new Pokemon game comes out tomorrow, which it won't, but when a new Pokemon comes out, probably this fall, should I choose to, I can walk into an EB Games, I can walk into Walmart, and I can just buy it, assuming Nintendo makes enough of them. Speaking of which, I think that rolls in pretty nicely with sort of a a little subset we have on the spotlight. And that's just the fact that there is really, you were mentioning this earlier, there's a whole kind of industry based on just capitalizing on this feeling we have right now. The NES Mini, the SNES Mini. Which I was not able to get. God damn it. Yeah. A whole thing on just capitalizing on the 90s. And you were saying that the 90s is really one of the generations, it's one of the decades that it's that you can do that to. It's hard to materialistically capitalize I think on other decades, the same way as you can with the 90s. I don't know if that's well, something we should be proud of. Is it even worthwhile? Like, th- I read, I think it was just a BuzzFeed article, so grain of salt. Um, but I read that the cost of used Nintendo 64s is going through the roof because our generation is going back and trying to buy back their youth, which is totally fair. Also, eat it. My 64 still works. Yeah. That said, though, Mine might. this is... This is a thing. Like, people want to go back and rebuy parts of their youth. But is there as much value for, like, if you were a 70s kid, 
are you like, fuck yeah, I'm going to go get me an Atari? Like, yeah. are you as jazzed about that as we would be about going back and getting a 64 and getting Smash Brothers or something mm-hmm. like that? Yeah, right? I feel like music is probably one of the things that you can relive if you were from oh, definitely. earlier decade. Vinyl, obviously. Oh, yeah. It's yeah, huge. you can get like a first pressing of some kind of classic rock album and it's probably pretty awesome. Yeah. But we have yeah i don't think anyone's going out there and buying a retro like atari 2600 or who knows and that's something that's something probably pretty unique to the 90s and who knows maybe the 2000s will get that too but anyway so to close this out the whole idea for for this episode came from tally and i were in a comic book store like a few days ago which my inner child absolutely loves that as an almost 30 year old i still go to comic book stores um but i had mentioned to her that like we should get a bunch of beers one day and buy Pokemon starter decks and get <laughs> hammered and play Pokemon. Also and that's a thing we can do. And not something we could do in the 90s because we were 9 20 years ago. That's true. Anyway, yeah, so that is that. Let's move on to our sponsorship segment. So every week on the show, we bring you a sponsor, sometimes real, sometimes fictitious. Have and you this, one, at this one, this one's very real. Oh, yeah. It's so real. It's the realest. It is real and it's spectacular. It certainly is. This week's episode of Stuck in the 90s is brought to you by John Lithgow's face. I mean, what a face. Like, so expressive. That, it's it has so much express, expression in it. Full and of it just life. it's so nice. It does. Mind you, I've never seen Dexter, but well, it just seems like such a good face. And that, the many levels of emotion carried multiple seasons of Third Rock from oh, the Sun. certainly. And, I mean, not to diminish the performances of french stewart joseph gordon levitt or Newman. i don't know what the actress who played oh uh, i don't remember Sally her name was. but I, I also wayne knight oh yeah newman fuck i love wayne knight right but john lithgow's face he's the one who reacted every time that officer don did something strange he loved it french stewart's face is not emotive it's not a great face frankly french stewart he's he's got the rest of the body he's got the body he's got the body language he can move around yeah he's got the moves yeah and joseph gordon levitt he's got a different kind of nice face he's just a boy yeah and now had the hair though had yeah, that oh, flow he had he had some 90s flow yeah man remember when hair like that was cool yeah but john lithgow you just have a wonderful face you got a great face and I think you've brought so much to the world with that emotive, excellent face. He's just He just looks like a father figure. He looks like someone to trust. He does. I would trust him. If John Lithgow told me, to, like, rolled up in 1997 and said, Excuse me, young man. Would you like to get in this van? I might be dead right now. Maybe. But, but like maybe if, not, because you know what? John Lithgow, he would have been like... He would have just taken me for a ride. He would have got ice cream. He would have dropped me off. Everything would have been all right. Because it was John Lithgow. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Anyway, so this episode of Stuck in the 90s, once more, with passion, was brought to you by John Lithgow's face. Just take a moment and think about it. Just reminisce. Remember. Remember what you love about it. Mm-hmm. That was great. So, as always, as we finish off reminiscing on John Lithgow's face. Great face. You can find us online at stuckinthe90spodcast.com, facebook.com slash stuckinthe90spodcast, Instagram, stuckinthe90spodcast. Twitter is really the only thing different. S-I-T-90s. Gotta switch it up with one social media handle. Am I right? Am I wrong? I'm not a social media expert. I know a lot about the 90s, though. Oh, be a $10 sponsor. You're not as good as John Lithgow's face. You're not. But maybe you are close. You could be. Probably not, though. 
You could. You could be. You could be half face. Half a face. Yeah, half a face of John Lithgow. One one half of one face. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be a ten dollars sponsor, drop us a line at stuck in the nineties podcast at gmail dot com, and for ten dollars, we will plug your wares. Yep. Um, I think that's about it. I got nothing else to add. All right. It's getting cooler out. It's fall. Wear a jacket if applicable. Ooh, a nice. Rake up some leaves. A nice light jacket. You know what? If you can physically handle it, rake up some leaves this fall and jump in them. Yeah, but like if you can't physically handle it, don't don't push yourself. Yeah. Don't I'm break feeling, something. Yeah. I'm feeling like sore and stuff. I helped okay. a friend move on Friday, so that's probably why. I'll do it. Yeah. We are getting old. Yeah. All right. For now. We the... gotta end on a positive note. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's let's not talk about getting old. Let's talk about John Lithgow's face. One John more Lithgow's time. Face. Also, you know what? Darkwing Duck was pretty cool. That's a thing as well. Yeah. All right. For now, the podcast is now over. over.